Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. I am your host for the night, your one of your two panelists for the night, I should say, Mr. Ron Luce. We are recapping two in one. Uh, the Brewers, the last two days, beat the Cubs literally by the same score, six to five, both days, Saturday and Sunday. And I am joined by Justin Wasik. Justin, how you doing, man? It's been a while since you and I have been on one of these. Yeah, it's been a while. Glad to be back. Um, doing all right. Like you said, six five losses, nearly identical. A little frustrating. I'm getting a little nervous, but yeah, let's talk it out. Yeah, exactly. I agree. That's a great way to do it, man. We'll talk it out. And just like you said, a pair of six five losses is what we're talking about here today. Obviously, for those uh, loyal listeners of ours, which we greatly appreciate you, um, there was no you know recap available this morning, um, which was technically yesterday morning when you're going to be listening to this episode. But um, you know, Sunday. No morning on you know no episode on Sunday. Saturday was a little busy for everybody over at the Cubs on Tap crew, so uh, we were able to get on today, and we'll bring you the recap of both games. But as Justin said, six five losses both days, very frustrating. I think because um, you know just for starters, they blew a pair of three zero leads in both games, which is absolutely infuriating if you ask me. Yeah, yeah, we ha- we haven't seen. Um a whole lot of blown leads this this year and and if we did um it was more of the ballpen's fault i think the more frustrating thing ron is that um it's not like maybe more maybe more so saturday or more so today than saturday i think the brewers definitely hit the ball a bit harder as the game went on um but saturday especially just like very and even friday a bit too um besides the yellow home run just very like soft hits Mm-hmm. A lot of infield singles, soft ground balls up the middle or through the hole, little bloopers and flares. You know, like even today there was there was like um, a flare like that hit right along the line. Bodie couldn't get just things like that that are just so frustrating. Um, and then they, and then the thing that the Brewers have done that the Cubs have not over the last few days is that they've capitalized. Um, they've had some big home runs, um, so some big uh, two and three baggers. They had two triples today uh, with with guys on base. So. You know they were taking advantage of those, of those runners on base, um, and that's what you got to do. So yeah, it's just very frustrating overall. And like you said, the, the blown leads very uncub like so far this year, especially by the starting pitching. Who, who you know the starting pitchers have been fantastic so far. So yeah, pretty frustrating, especially three run leads both times. Um, yeah. Yeah, you said it. You said a lot of good things there, man. And I'm just gonna go go ahead and throw some numbers on there with you. Uh, you mentioned, you know, the Brewers coming through Saturday's game. I agree, a lot of weak contact, right? Um, and I think you saw that, right? I mean, uh, the Brewers left on 18 men uh, in Saturday's game, left on base. Cubs 17 in that game. Obviously, that's the game that went to the 10th inning. The Brewers get the two big runs in the top of the 10th. Cubs can only muster the one in the bottom, um, you know, and that's ultimately all she wrote. And then in today's game, uh, a little different. Like you said, you know, they actually, the Brewers were able to capitalize because they only left nine guys on base compared to the Cubs 14. So uh, definitely agree with you there. Um, And let's actually just take everybody through this real quick. I'll spit through these as quickly as possible, obviously doing this twice. Normally I only do this for one game and I'm out of breath, but we'll do this for two real quick. (laughs) Saturday's game, we started off, again, you'll notice the trend, folks. Uh, Both days, Cubs getting off to early starts. Uh, Bottom of the first on Saturday, 
Anthony Rizzo hit his fifth home run of the season uh, to give the Cubs a quick one nothing lead. Uh, and then Ian Happ followed that up later after Schwarber and Contreras were both able to get on base with a double uh, that ultimately scored Schwarber and gave the Cubbies a quick 2-0 lead. And then in the bottom of the second, Anthony Rizzo kept it going. He had a great game on Saturday. By far the best player, I think, for the Cubs. He I doubled. Think he was my five to W pick, too, that day as well. Yeah. If only they could have gotten the win, man. It's very frustrating because yeah. I've had that happen a lot, too, where you, you pick a really good fly to W guy and then they lose. And then because of how we have to unfortunately score it, losses don't count. So we all get very sad because, you know. Again, we've been very spoiled so far this season with the amount of wins that the yeah. Cubs have. But, you know, as I mentioned, double for Anthony Rizzo. That scored Jason Kipnis in the bottom of the second to make it 3-0 Cubbies in that one. Uh, and then the wheels began to fall off a little bit. Top of the fourth, Justin Smoke hit a double that scored both Christian Yelich and Abisail Garcia. Uh, and then in that same inning, uh, Luis Urias um, was able to single. Uh, the ball was deflected, a bunch of crazy stuff happened, and Smoke ultimately scored to tie the game. Then in the top of the sixth, Orlando Arcia reached on a fielding error by Jason Kipnis, which ultimately scored Ryan Braun and gave the Brewers the lead. However, uh, Steven Souza made it real interesting. A little bit of a pinch hit situation, bottom of the eighth. Big home run to tie it at four apiece. Uh, and then as we mentioned, obviously, you know, the the last out in the bottom of the or in the ninth uh, is the runner on second base for extras uh, with the new rule this year. Abisail Garcia up to bat doubles. He scores Yelich with no problem, make it five four. The Brewers um, Urias is able to squeak across Garcia with a uh, ground ball, you know, single. Um, you know, six four, and then like we said, Ian Happ grounded out. Uh, was able to get Almora home uh, because of him coming into the game for Schwarber. Kind of a, a smart little move there by uh, David Ross going into the ninth, having him come in knowing that uh, Almora would be the runner on second, get a guy that can run the base as well and is a good base runner out there. It would have worked had it, uh, they only been able to maybe give up one run or no runs, but unfortunately the two from Milwaukee were just too much in that one. And then today's game, for those that weren't able to see it, uh, once again, Cubs getting off to early leads. Kyle Schwarber uh, singled uh, early in the game that scored Anthony Rizzo and moved Contreras to third. Uh, and then with uh, Contreras and Schwarber on, uh, Souza is able to double his second of the year to drive in a pair of runs to make it 3-0 Cubbies in the bottom of the first. But then top of the third, uh, first really mistake that Lester, it feels like he's made really all season. Uh, Keston Hira yeah. hits his fifth home run of the season. That plates three and it ties the game. Um, and then it again kind of felt all downhill from there once again. Uh, Orlando Arcia then gets another fly ball. Uh, this time a two-run shot off of Lester to make it 5-3 Brew Crew. But in the bottom of the sixth, the Cubs, they they willed their way back. And, and with bases loaded, Jason Kipnis hits a single uh, right up the middle of the field. That scores both Wilson Contreras and Kyle Schwarber to tie the ball game. Unfortunately, Ian Happ does make it to second, but they couldn't plate him home. Uh, and then in the top of the seventh, ultimately your game-winning run, Ryan Braun singled in Orlando Arcia after his triple Um and that would that would be all she wrote. Uh, the Brewers once again took the game six five. Uh, so for the last two days, uh, your winner in yesterday in Saturday's game was uh, Phelps, former Cub. He's two and one now on the season. Jeffress, unfortunate that he got left in there. I think you know that might be. I understand why Ross did it, um, but. At the same time, I, I don't totally put that loss on him, but he does get the loss. Claudio is credited the save. And then in today's game, once again, a pair of relievers uh, getting the wins and losses. Yardley 
uh, gets the win for the Brewers today. Adam, who was just recalled today uh, in wake of the Tyler Chatwood to the IL news, uh, which we can certainly touch on in this episode just a tad. Uh, but he is credited with the loss, and then Hader comes in to get his fifth save of the season for the Brewers. Brewers now improved to 10-10 and 10 on the season. The Cubs fall to 13-6, and 6, uh, which it's funny that we can sit here and say, wow, because they lost three in a row, we're upset, but they're still 13-6 and six after losing three in a row. Uh, that just shows how good of a start the Cubs have been off to so far this season. But Justin, with all of that said, a lot to unpack. I don't think we have to dive super into detail and in, into either one of these games necessarily, but what was, you know, in a season of you need to take away, I feel like, good from every game, what was something that over these last two days that you were really happy to see with the Cubs? Um, one thing that sticks in my mind, and it's something that Cody and I spoke about um, after, I think, Friday's game, uh, Craig Kimbrell, uh, definitely a positive, um, slowly lowering that ERA to, to single digits, not quite there, but um, a lot better. And he's looked uh, more confident. The command of his fastball is, I think, back to where it is. Um, same thing with the breaking pitches as well. And, I mean, I think we can all agree that it was more mental than anything in terms of his struggles earlier on. Um, and that could really be the downfall of a reliever's career. Um, but I like how Ross has managed him. I like how he has sort of taken him out of that closer role, even though we haven't had many save opportunities recently. Um, and he's put him in situations that are not not high leverage situations, but a little less high leverage than a save opportunity. Um, and he's starting to get his confidence back. Like I said, you can see the command uh, coming back to, to where we all know it could be for, for Kimbrell. Um, and I think, so did he pitch on Saturday? He did not pitch on Saturday, but he pitched on Friday and then mm -hmm. he pitched today. Yep. Uh, both one inning outings um, with no with no walks or uh, or hits. So I think that's one thing that um, that I am taking as a positive from from these uh, pair of games. Yeah, man, and I, I want to echo on that because I think you put it perfectly, right? Um, you know, he, he really has struggled mightily this season. And so far, you know, with him able to come out, put up a pair of outings, like you said, no hits, no walks, and he's able to strike out two today. Um, you know, it, it's got to feel good not only for, for Kimbrell, obviously, you know, feeling like he's kind of got that swagger back again, but it's got to feel good for Ross knowing that, hey, look, it, it looks like we're giving him enough game opportunity to fix himself. You know, if this was a 162-game season and he wasn't pitching great, you could live with it. You know, you could give him a week or two to really figure it out. You know, you could have him maybe throw a couple more bullpens you know, on the side to really work on his mechanics and whatever you could, you could prolong this process, but obviously, you know, in the, in the crazy world that we're living in right now, that's 2020 and the most bizarre baseball season I've ever been a part of in my lifetime, you yeah. know, you don't have that luxury. So I agree with you there. Uh, certainly appealing to see Kimbrell coming back and having two great outings. And I think that's something, honestly, in the wake of this three game, you know, losing streak. Now, obviously the first one they've had all season, first time they lost back to back games, was you yeah. know, Friday and Saturday and obviously now, you know, into Sunday as well, you know, but at the same time, like you said, when you, when you can get a good outing out of Kimbrel on two separate occasions now, you know, in still very somewhat high leverage situations where, you know, the game is still within reach or it's tied like it was today. 
uh, or excuse me, like it wasn't today. They were only down, but they were only down one. You know, you're still within reach of that game. You don't want to you know, give up any more runs at that point. Um, so for him to go out there and have two two really good outings, I agree, is uh, is a great way to get things going. Um, I think, too, just another thing. I think, you know, Anthony Rizzo is just continuing to look really good. Um, the average might yeah. fool you. You know, it's only 246. You know, he's not necessarily crushing the ball, but his OPS is 902. Yeah, um, which is well above. He walks today. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, it's well above most guys on the team. The only guys that have better OPS right now um, than Anthony Rizzo on this ball club are, are Ian Happ and Jason Kipnis, uh, and they're both yeah. in the ones because they're just having an unbelievable season. But uh, you know, I think that's that's a huge, a huge, you know, just relief, really. Um, and it's it's really starting to, and this is something that I, I do really want to hear from you on. Over the last couple of games, it feels like it's really starting to, to get the feel now that Chris Bryant's not going to be the leadoff hitter much longer. Do you agree? And, and what are your thoughts on that whole situation right now? I, will, I do agree. I mean, I don't think, and especially echoing what you said earlier, in a, in a condensed season where every game is essentially worth, you know, uh, if you did the math, it's like 2.7 games, uh, roughly. When every game is worth that much, compared to a normal season and you have your guy, your leadoff hitter, he's currently hitting 182. Yikes. I mean, you can't have your leadoff hitter hitting 182. Um, well, I mean, do I think we've seen the last of him at the leadoff position? No. Uh, but Ross certainly must be thinking that. Um, and you have to start thinking, I mean, if this continues, especially in this condensed season, is he, is he playing himself out of a, I don't know, $300 million deal like I know Boris wants? I don't know. I think that's probably a conversation for another day. But to answer your question, um, you have to start thinking about it. Maybe he's not suited to the leadoff position this year. Um, maybe there's something else going on. I, I don't know. I know he had a little bit of a wrist issue. So we'll see. But you just can't have your leadoff hitter hitting 182. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with you there, man. I love that you uh... – Kind of at least started to put that that thought of doubt into people's heads about the three hundred million dollar contract. I agree, definitely a conversation we can have another day. But um, yeah, you know, it's definitely a great point. I mean, if you're Chris Bryant right now, unfortunately, over the last last season, he had a very good year that I think was just underappreciated because of the the disappointment that the team had not making Correct. the playoffs. Um, but this year, yeah, really has struggled. I mean, he's been hitting the ball well. I mean, there's been good contact, like the hard hit, the hits are there. You know, he's hitting the ball hard. You know, but like you said, just 182, unfortunately, just he's not getting a lot of ball luck right now. You know, maybe, maybe moving him down to the four spot for a game isn't a bad idea. You know, give him some more protection. You know, obviously you have to pitch him when he's first out. But like you said, maybe his mindset isn't suited properly to the leadoff role. You know, maybe a guy more like an Ian Happ, who's having a very good year and has taken a lot of walks, can 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 fill that spot. Maybe a guy like Jason Kipnis, who's the hot hand. I was maybe, just about to say Kipnis, Maybe you yeah. just, yeah, maybe you put a hot hand up there and let him, you know, see what he can do up there. Maybe it is Nico Horner with that a little bit of uh, abbreviated speed that he has um, in the wheelhouse. Maybe him playing more often gets that way. You know, I, I wouldn't even be mad with Ross trying, uh, you know, almost, almost going back to the Joe Madden philosophy of days. Or it's just like right now. Just try multiple guys up there. You know, maybe one yeah. game it's Kipnis, one game it's Hap. You know, maybe alternate those two guys. Maybe you throw a, a monkey wrench in there and you let 
I don't know, Schwarber lead off or you let Wilson Contreras lead off or you let one of these guys lead off and just see what happens. And if you can find a consistent leadoff guy, then that's great. Maybe it's as simple as flip-flop Rizzo and Bryant. You know, we always joke yeah, that Rizzo's yeah, the greatest Rizzo's leadoff, leadoff hitter of all time. I mean, yeah, right. Yeah, we all know that. Yeah. I'm also thinking like maybe putting a nut. Yeah, like you mentioned Wilson, who has been struggling a bit lately. His average is down to 233 now. Um, I mean, I was even, I was thinking, put, put, maybe put someone there who is already struggling in the leadoff spot. Uh, you know, maybe a change of scenery, so to speak, would suit them well. I mean, I'm even thinking, a Javi Baez, because at this point, Javi doesn't look, uh, I mean, he looks like a completely different player. And I was talking to Cody about this on Friday. I do think if there's one person on the Cubs who feeds off the energy of the crowd, uh, the environment, especially at Wrigley Field, it's going to be Javi Baez. You know, you, you see that passion. He wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, he, he, he can just tell he's a very emotional man. Um, you know, is that the reason why he's struggling? Maybe a reason. Maybe put him in leadoff. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe get the fire going with him. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying it would work, but I do think that you needed. Yeah, you, I wouldn't be surprised if we see someone else out there um, tomorrow. Yeah, and I, I'm glad you said bias. That literally was the name I was going to ask you if you didn't bring it up. I was going to literally ask, would you consider putting Javi Baez there? So I'm glad you brought that up. It, yeah. it saved me asking the question. But no, I mean that's a fair point. You know, I like your thought process there, right? With you know, maybe somebody who's struggling, like you said, maybe a Javi Baez, maybe that change of approach in the lineup gets them moving. And then in, you know, kind of kill two birds at one stone, that change of approach then for Bryant right. maybe gets him going as well. So, yeah, I don't think that would be a bad idea. I mean, you know, obviously three or four, you know, losing that against the Brewers sucks, but they still have a pretty strong lead in the division. Um, and I, I'll pull the exact number up right now. Uh, they're three and a half up on both St. Louis and Milwaukee. Uh, four and a half on the Reds, eight and a half on the Garbage Pirates. Um, but that just makes again these upcoming games that we'll be able to start touching, you know, talking about here against the Cardinals, where you know you're playing two double headers this week. Those games yeah. are that much more crucial. So um, I agree. You know, there's a very good chance, especially with the double header tomorrow. Uh, on Monday against the Cardinals, maybe we see two different guys in each game at the leadoff spot. Maybe this is where Ross gets really creative and says, "Hey, you know, we we got you know we got games that we need to start winning. Maybe throwing somebody new in that spot gets them ignited and, and things get going." One more thing I want to talk about, Justin, before we you know put this admittedly garbage of a series because it was the first terrible series that the Cubs have actually had to date, uh, thankfully. Yeah. Um, this season, we can put this garbage series behind us. But I, I want to talk a little bit about the starting pitching. Um, just because, yeah. you know, right now, obviously, is a very crucial time for this Cubs team. You got a big series coming up against the Cardinals this week. Um, you also then have, I'm looking at the schedule right now for those that are wondering why I'm hesitating. Um, you got the Chicago White Sox this coming weekend. But then you got Detroit, which are three games that. Even though Detroit's having a sneaky, okay season right now that they should win, let's just be honest. Uh, and then you got the Reds next weekend, not this, not this, not the weekend of the twenty first, but then the last weekend of August, um, with a double header built into there. So in the next two weeks, they play three double headers, um, two of which being tomorrow and then Wednesday in this Cardinals series. But you got two off days in there as well. That's, I think, worth right. mentioning. You got the 20th and the 27th, both Thursdays, uh, for the Cubs to get some off time. So 
let me bring all that information back into what I was trying to articulate here. And that is obviously this, this pitching staff has come down to earth a smidge um, outside of the two that we expected, which I would say are Darvish and, and Hendricks. They're still pitching very yeah. well. Um, Darvish obviously looked really good in his outing. Um, Hendricks also looked very good in his outing. So they're still pitching pretty well, but uh, Lester today, we saw him get hit a little bit really wasn't that terrible truth be told yeah the nine hits and in six innings doesn't look great but a lot of those hits came in that sixth inning that final inning of work for him um you know and really just those two those five runs all came off of two long balls outside of that he didn't right. walk anybody Cubs didn't walk anybody today for the Brewers I think that's interesting as an entire pitching staff uh they didn't walk a single batter uh, and he still struck out five he still is a 274 era that just shows how good he was early on but Obviously, in light of the Chatwood news, you know, get him going to the IL. Um, you know, Mills is obviously pitching pretty well. I, I'm I'm just curious to get your take so far on what you think about the pitching because at least my take right now is we expected this pitching staff to come back down to earth a little bit at some point. I still expect right. Hendricks and Darvish to be the better you know pair pair of this rotation, um, but at the same time, you know, losing Chatwood hurts because. You know, two out of his three starts this year, he was very good. And then obviously yeah. that third start, he struggled. And maybe it was because of an injury that he struggled in that third start. Obviously, now he ends up on the 10-day IL. So, uh, you know, just uh, whatever thoughts you have really about this pitching staff, whether it's Lester, whether it's who's going to probably get the spot start. You know, do we see an Adbert Elzelay sighting anytime soon? Like, just let let your mind go down the pitching rabbit hole right now for this Cubs team and just tell me what you think so far about the starting rotation. Sure. Yeah, so in the short term, you're thinking, because you have two doubleheaders in the next three days, you're probably going to see an Elzelay. I mean, I, doing the math, you can't really – Lester can't pitch. Um, you probably – you have Hendricks going game one tomorrow. You's probably going Tuesday. And then you can put Mills in one of the Wednesday games. Um but, yeah, you're probably going to have to have an Elzelay sighting. Um, when you look at the season overall, yeah, I mean, regress to the mean, right? You, you, you knew that. I, I don't even know what the ERA of the starting pitching heading into this series was. I think it was sub two um, or pretty cl- pretty close to it. Yeah, you knew they would come back down to earth. But as long as you got the top two guys, Kyle and you, going, um, I will say that I've never been a big fan of the Darvish shine- signing. Um, and I don't think he's obviously lived up to expectations. He did have a good second half to the year last year, and he's continuing it this year, so that's good, a good sign. I would say the most surprising person or the most surprising uh, pitcher to me has been Lester. We all know how he faded towards the end of last season, last year of his contract getting old. I don't know. I think he's like 34, 35, maybe even 36, maybe even older than that, actually. I don't know. But um, he's, he's getting on the older side. You think, well, does he have it in him anymore? And he's been fantastic. I mean, even today, it wasn't an awful start, wasn't his best, but he's been the biggest surprise to me. Um, and, you know, before this start, I've been thinking, you know, hey, I mean, uh, we got to think about maybe even re-signing him, obviously to a shorter deal with less money. But, um, you know, if he can if he can pick up where he left off before this start, the next start, I mean, and, and keep that going, that'll be a massive piece. Because if we can have Kyle, you, and John clicking on all cylinders – we're going to be tough to beat, especially in those early playoff rounds where you have a best of three um, and a best of five. Um, but you can't, I mean, listen, this was a, a crappy series, like you said, 
But hey, 13 and six, first place with the starting pitching, the overall body of work. If you told me that's how it was going to be at this point in the season, I would have taken it in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Well said, man. Yeah. And just to, to back up your note about Lester, he's 36. So he's, he's definitely getting up there. But I agree. I think that was a concern going into this year. You know, when we were all talking back in January, assuming it was going to be a 162 game season um, was going to be exactly what you said. You know, early season, John Lester last year was very good. I wouldn't say he was great. He was good. You know, he was getting yeah. the job done. He was giving you good quality starts here and there. Um, you know, for the most part, every day he was going out, it was a quality start. Uh, and then it literally it felt like the trade deadline came and went, and then he he was a totally different pitcher. You know, Cole Hamels being the same way. Those two both, you know, the first half of the season, they were great. Trade deadline came and went, and all of a sudden it felt like every, you know, two out of every five days in your rotation, it was going to be a loss because they were just imploding on themselves. But, yeah, right. you know, I think that was the, the, the thing, and it's one of, uh, you know, Brian Mishler, who those that listen know Brian very well now. Uh, he wrote about how this team gears up for a 60-game season so well, and I think part of that is because of Lester. Like, he can just go out there and throw bullets knowing that, like you said, you know, by the time he's probably, you know, normally in a season, quote-unquote, getting into his groove, it's going to be playoff time. And, you know, playoff right. John Lester is a whole other animal. So, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, he's 36. Yeah, the velocity's not there. Yeah, he's not striking out eight, nine, ten guys a game anymore, but he's still giving you five strikeouts over six innings, not walking anybody, you know, and today was just kind of the weird day that he actually finally got hit. So um, I agree with you there, man, and I also like how you rounded it out. I think that's a good transition for us just to keep moving. Um, put this brutal Brewer series behind us. Um, you know, this Brewers team, it, they're, they're mind-blowing because they can they can be on garbage, total, uh, just total garbage on paper. You know, right? Um, especially when Avisail Garcia, it's not a shot at him. He's just not a center fielder. When he's playing center field for you, you know you're depleted in resources. <laughs> and yeah. you know they're still winning ball games. They're ten and ten. They're still in this thing. You know they are technically the number two team right now in the division. So if if the playoffs started today, they make the extended playoff, and that is a team that can be very scary because of you know Craig Council's a pretty good manager. They got a pretty decent bullpen. Uh, obviously Hader is a, is a weapon in the playoffs cause he can go multiple innings. Their bullpen's uh, fantastic. Yeah. So they, they are a very interesting team and their, their rotation just seems to give them just enough to get through. I, know, these I games. don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. I don't either, man. I, that just, they're a mind, a mind blowing team, you know, in, in terms of an example to me, just because of, you know, exactly what you said. They just, they find a way to keep they keep doing it, and it's just very frustrating. But nonetheless, um, like we said, the Cubs are thirteen and six. They put this three-game, um, you know, losing streak hopefully behind them, uh, and they welcome the Redbirds uh, to town uh, to play the disgusting Cardinals that we all hate. And if you listened to any episodes recently, you know how much that our boy Juice hates the Cardinals because, well, uh, he makes sure that you know every single. <laughs> Um, game. So that's always fun. One thing I do want to note um, before we dive into this Cardinal series is that Cubs on Tap is brought to you by the On Tap Sports Network. We are the official Cubs podcast of the On Tap Sports Network. You can find all of our work at www.ontapsportsnet.com on the interwebs as well as at On Tap Sportsnet on all social media. That's Facebook, that's Twitter, that's Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've got it all. Um, go check out the store. Uh, I know Juice has been been big on that. He's been talking about it a lot here on Cubs on Tap. We got some pretty cool stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Do go check that out. We are also in the works of hopefully bringing some new merch to you guys very, very soon. So keep an eye on our website and our store. 
um, and pick up some pretty cool ONTEP Sportsnet swag because, you know, I, I love to wear it around and, and sport it, and, and we hope you guys will as well. Um, not only does ONTEP have great Cubs coverage, you're listening to some of that right now with myself and Justin, but we also have great Blackhawks, Bulls, Bears coverage as well. Blackhawks obviously uh, on the brink of elimination. That game ongoing right now as we speak, and I'm actually looking over my shoulder and the Hawks are up two to one. So we'll see uh, when you're listening to this if that still is the case. But, um, you know, and then we're going to have plenty of offseason talk and, and football season's right around the corner. So be sure to keep up with those guys. And yes, Cubs fans, we all have at least one friend that's a Southside fan. I have multiple because I grew up on the Southside. Be sure to send them our way as well because we got some pretty great White Sox coverage as well. Once again, you can find us on the interwebs, www.ontapsportsnet.com and at ontapsportsnet on all social media platforms. Please like, rate, and review us as well on wherever it is you listen to podcasts. The ONTAP Sports Network, go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. All right, Justin, like we said, we're putting that awful Brewer series behind us. I'm clicking out of my windows with the information up because I don't even want to look at it anymore because tomorrow, Monday, August 17th, the Chicago Cubs welcome the dreaded St. Louis Cardinals to town for a five-game series in three days. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We got two doubleheaders this week, but we are going to focus on tomorrow's set of doubleheaders. The first game begins at 4.15 Central Daylight Time. That's 5.15 for you East Coast people, and that's 3 and 2.15 respectively for our Mountain and Pacific Time Zone friends. You can watch the game. In the Chicagoland market on Marquee Sports Network. You can also watch it if you're in the Cardinals market on Fox Sports Missouri+. Plus. And if you can't catch the game on TV, but you can only listen, if you are in the Cardinals market, you can listen to the game on KMOX 1120, which is the Cardinals radio network. Or you can listen to the, the Cubs on 670, the score here in the Chicagoland market. We have, oh boy, I am going to butcher his name and I feel so bad. Quang Hyun Kim. Left-handed good. pitcher going for the St. Louis Cardinals. He's making his first start as a Cardinal, mind you. He is a 9 ERA so far this season. Obviously, that's a one-relief appearance that he probably got tattooed because the Cardinals only played eight games. Um, but on the bump for the Cubbies will be Kyle Hendricks. He has a 3-1 and record with his 3.08 ERA and a 20 strikeouts to go along with it. Um, that is for the first game. For the second game... I don't believe there is a projected set of starters. I am actually checking that right now. No, it is completely TBD. I almost wouldn't be surprised if it's a bullpen day. Um, We've seen a lot of teams do that in doubleheaders where just the second game they give the ball to a Colin Rea-esque player. Obviously, Colin Rea just pitched recently. Excuse me. Um, You know, so maybe we see, like you said, maybe we do see an Adbert Alzali. Maybe we see a... um, any of these other guys that are down in South Bend potentially that get the call up that can go, you know, three, four innings maybe. Um, but I don't fully expect to, to see a, a normal starter, quote unquote, in there for the second game. But we'll uh, we'll go ahead and, and just dive right into this thing and, and we'll preview it a little bit and then we'll we'll get on out of here. So, Justin, uh, I want to know, you know, what you're kind of what you're looking towards in these next two games for the Cubs that they will play tomorrow night. Obviously, Cubs on tap tomorrow night will be a recap of both games and then a preview of Tuesday's game. Um, you know, and then let's get a, a fly the W pick out of you before we get out of here then. But w- what's your take on tomorrow's, um, you know, two games set against the Cardinals? Yeah. Um, so first thing, I just don't want to get COVID. That's probably the, the first thing I, I want to make sure that um, these dirty Cardinals don't give it to us. 
because I would hate <laughs> to have the the Cubs have to pause their season because of it. Um, so that's the first thing I want to get off my chest. Um, yeah, I mean, don't know too much about this uh, this Kim guy. Uh, doesn't seem like any of the the main batters on uh, the Cubs have ever faced him before. So it may even be a little bit of a ballpen day for the Cardinals. It seemed like his first appearance for them this year, um, he actually got the opening day save, so he came on in relief. So he might, I don't know, maybe he isn't mainly a ballpen guy. Um, but I'm really focused on Kyle. Um, last year he was 3-0 and uh, with a 1-5-9 ERA against the Cardinals. Um, he's always pitched well against them. Um, you know, you got guys, great hitters like Matt Carpenter. He has a career 108 average against him. Foul, Dexter Fowler, 238. Goldschmidt has a 304 average against him. But overall, he's done really well against the Cardinals. We need to stop the bleeding here. We need to we need to get a win. Um, I mean, we need to get at least three out of five here versus the Cardinals. Um, if we can give them three losses, they would have they would have seven, and we would have eight if we lost two. Um, and they still have a lot of games to go. Um, so I get if we can win three. Hell, we can even win four. We can start to think about putting them away and, and not really having to worry about them anymore. Um, but yeah, we need to stop the bleeding, and I trust no one more. Uh, than Kyle. And speaking of fly the W, I mean, I don't know if you want to do that now, but Kyle will definitely be my fly the W. I, I trust in him 100%, especially with his history against the Cardinals. Yeah, I love that. Well said, man. I love that you're bringing up uh, numbers from last year because I think what a lot of people may or may not remember <laughs> is that of those three games that he pitched against the Cardinals last year, one of those was the Greg Maddox complete game where he only threw like 84 oh, pitches. Oh, yes. You're right. So he yes. is very good against the Cardinals, and I agree. Um, I think, you know, that first game really sets the tone for that second game then. You know, if you can come in and you're the more energized team off a win, I that, I feel like that always just helps your chances going into any back-to-back situation, um, really in any sport, you know, whether it's hockey, whether it's basketball, whether it's baseball. You know, it, it, you know if you're going into a back-to-back setting like that, like the Cubs will be tomorrow. You can get a big game out of, of Kyle in game one, um, you know, and hopefully carry that momentum into game two and get two quick wins on a, on a Monday night at Wrigley. Um, that's, that's a great way to get this thing started. I agree with you, man. Three or four out of five against this Cardinals team would be huge. Uh, would really, I think, give the Cubs another set of confidence going into their off day then on Thursday, which especially this week will be needed after playing five games in three days. Um, and then you you obviously welcome, you know, crosstown rivals, Chicago White Sox to town. So that always, you know, that always stirs the city up a little bit when those two teams get together. So I'm sure the Cubs are, are well aware of, of what that will mean to the city as well. Um, well said, too, about COVID. <laughs> Let's not get COVID. Let's not get yeah. sick from these this Cardinals <laughs> team. Um you know, obviously, the, there's only one player that really wears red over there that I truly like, and that's Dex. And I think we can right. all guess why Fowler always holds a special place in all of our hearts. But I, I, I love what you said, though, right? I mean, all these guys that have seen Kyle a lot, uh, of all of them, really the only ones that have been able to tear him up for anything meaningful are, are, is, are really Goldschmidt and Wong. And they get yeah. a lot of hits, but they haven't really driven in a lot of runs. I mean, both of them have over 20 plate appearances. Goldschmidt, 23. Wong, 27. They only have one and two RBIs, respectively, against against Hendricks really the guy that's done the most damage in terms of runs 
um, is Matt Carpenter. He has two home runs and four RBIs against him, but that's in 37 plate appearances. And as you mentioned, that 108 ERA, or excuse me, batting average. Um, yeah. You know, nobody really seems to hit Hendricks well for big damage, um, which is, I think, the key in this game. Um, and so hopefully he can keep that going and get the Cubs going on the right foot. I agree with you there, man. Um, I don't have much else to add. I will just throw in my fly the W pick. Uh, and I'm going to go a little off the board, I think, tomorrow. Um, I fully expect us to see both catchers tomorrow, but that has no influence on my pick. Um I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep the train rolling. I'm gonna go ahead and pick Ian Happ, man. He's been he's been so good this year. I feel like this is just setting up to be a situation for him where he can have two monster games back to back, just really you know hitting the ball all over the place. Obviously, being a switch hitter helps him a lot because you know it really doesn't matter. He's probably gonna play both games tomorrow um, since he you know can hit both righties and lefties. And I think he's just, you know, he's been, you know, obviously Kipnis has been hot, but, you know, Hap's seen the more plate appearances and he's still keeping those numbers right up there with, with Kipnis. So um, I think he's going to be my fly the W pick because I hope he has, you know, maybe two long balls. Maybe he has one in each game tomorrow um, and helps these Cubbies get to, to two big wins like we mentioned on a Monday night. Justin, before we get out of here, um, do you have any just quick final thoughts to uh, to wrap up the show? Uh, glad to be back on Cubs on Tap. Um, always great talking to you, Ron. Yeah, got to stop the bleeding here. Uh, you know, and like I said, I trust no one more than Kyle to get the job done. Um, and especially because it is against a uh, division rival. Um, hopefully we can get at least three out of five in this series. Hopefully four. Um, and I'd be a, ha- a happy man again. But uh, yeah, just uh, got to stop the bleeding here. Well said, man. Um, it is a pleasure to have you back as well. These are always fun. We're, we're super glad to have you back with the Cubs on Tap team. Um, for those listening, you will hear Justin more often, uh, and we are super excited to have him back. He was on a bit of a hiatus, but he's back. He's in the flesh. You can yep. also catch his stuff. Uh, he's going to have a lot of bull stuff coming out too. Um, now oh, yeah. that Jim, times. Now that Jim Boylan is gone, ladies and gentlemen. So, so happy. <laughs> be, be sure to catch Justin's work again and all of our work at ONTAP Sportsnet, www.ontapsportsnet.com. And like we said, please rate, review us. We love you guys. We are so thankful for you, the listeners. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cubs on Tap. We hope you enjoyed the episode despite the outcome of these games. Uh, The Cubs do fall in the series to the Brewers, three out of four. Uh, And over the last two days, they fall by the exact same score in both games, 6-5, with Saturdays being a final after 10 innings. Uh, We will be back with you tomorrow after the Cardinals-Cubs doubleheader on Monday, August 17th. And without further ado, Justin, let's get out of here the only way we know how to, my man. Let's go Cubbies. Go Cubbies.